This is a first gen pilot podcast. Episode 14 starts now. What's going on, aviators? My name is Abraham and I am your host. Today's episode, we have Charles Steiner, a U.S. Army helicopter pilot. It was so great having Charles on, getting to talk about how he got into aviation. And I got to learn so much about being a helicopter pilot in the Army. In this episode, we talk about the steps you can take to become a U.S. helicopter pilot. We also talk about a few tips that can help you before you get into the Army, like joining Civil Air Patrol, which is a great organization that help younger kids get into aviation and possibly get their private pilot funded by them as well. Also, don't forget to leave a review and follow the podcast on anywhere that you're listening to this on. Without further ado, here's Charles. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Charles Steiner. I am currently a student pilot uh, for the Army. I uh, started with flying UH-72 Lakotas, and uh, now I'm uh, on hold to wait to fly uh, CH-47s. I'm in the uh, Ohio National Guard, so that's uh, a little bit about me. Hi, Charles. Welcome to the First Gen Pilot Podcast, and I really appreciate you being here today. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. All right. Uh, so my first question is, uh, how did you get into aviation? Uh, I think it was a long way around. I, I always wanted to uh, fly. I told my four-year-old the other day that my superpower as a kid was always to fly. And she was like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I thought I could go out in the street and flap my arms and I'd fly, but it never happened. Uh, then after uh, high school, I was going to go to a program, uh, Kent State in Ohio, for the aviation uh, degree. I didn't end up doing that, just uh, the price point of it and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I joined the military. Uh, my recruiter, I told him, Hey, I want to fly. And he was like, Oh, perfect. Join my unit. And there's no way you won't be a pilot. I'm like, okay, sweet. That's awesome. Uh, so I joined the unit and I was not a pilot. I was a mechanic, uh, for, for a while. Uh, I was a mechanic for probably close to seven, eight years, almost, or about six years actually. And then, uh, I became a backseater on Chinooks. So a crew member, um, obviously not flying, but in the air. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I finally decided like, Hey, um, the army is appealing to me because I can be a warrant officer without having a degree. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do it now. And, uh, now I'm a warrant officer. I get to fly. I don't have to have a degree, which is awesome. The only armed forces that doesn't have to have a degree to fly. And, uh, finally, after a, a long way around to, now yeah definitely yeah then uh so like you kind of um said you wanted to get into aviation as a as a young kid there and um so do you have anyone in aviation at that point when you're looking to fly not at all nope not at all i don't i don't know what like sparked flying itself like yeah i i've always wanted to do it i i just like i'm fascinated by being up above or anywhere that not everyone gets to experience so yeah no i'm all first first <laughs> all right and then uh, so what kind of made you like take that um military route rather than just go in training um like a university or part 61 yeah um so it my whole family pretty much has been in the military it i've always wanted to serve so it was just my way uh, uh initially yes i got to serve and, and second for the national guard they had a scholarship for school and I'm like, hey, school's getting expensive quick. 
uh, I went to the University of Mount Union um, and it, it's not a private school, but it's not, it's not a state funded school. So it, it got there okay. quick. And I was listening to another podcast. I'm like, well, if I add up the four years of just a normal educational degree at Mount Union, it, I could have got my pilot's license and all that. But uh, yeah, so I, I wanted to serve and they had a scholarship. So I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll use that. And then I decided I, I don't really like school. <laughs> so, well, I, I, I don't, I like learning. I don't like the uh, structure of uh, like gen yep. and everything else there. So I'm more of a, a like trades maybe okay. like uh, show me and I can learn anything. If, if you show me once or twice, so I'll, I'll pick it yeah, up. So. Yeah, definitely. All right. And then I like, so you said you flying uh, helicopters. Um, so why not go through like the fixed wing route rather than uh, the helicopter? Uh, so for me, again, for warrant officer, right. Um, and I'm in the guard. That's one of my only options. Okay. Um, so if I, I thought about it, I'm like, Hey, I could do finish a degree, go to the air force, do fixed wing. That'd be awesome too. Yep. Um, that, that's just even, that's, I think it's adding more time mm-hmm. for me, which, uh, I'm not young. I'm not old. I'm, I'm, I'm in a nice medium. Okay. Um, so I, I want to do both though. So my end goal army is going to, they're funding all this pilot training for me to come out of here. I'll come out of flight school with a commercial rotary and instrument rating. Okay. Um, so I can go fly a helicopter even on the civilian side if I want to. And then, uh, I, my, I'm still going to do fixed swing. That's my, my end goal is to do both. Okay. Um, so this is kind of a means to an end essentially. All right. Yeah. And then like getting into this, um, the military side of, of flying. Um, so what, what are the type of steps that you take? Um, I know, like you mentioned, you don't fly right away. You kind of go into different things and then you kind of end up flying later on. So how's, um, that route? So talk to us about that a little bit. Yeah. So again, with warrant officer, it's a, it's a lot different than just your commissioned officers. You got people who go to either Kent state, right. Or, or uh, university of Dayton and do the ROTC program. Mm-hmm. Don't get their aviation degree, graduate. And then they owe the army some years of service because the army footed the bill mm-hmm. essentially. Yep. Um, warrant officer is a route. You don't need a degree. So a lot of the times with warrant officers, you'll see uh, people who have, done some other things in their military career so they have uh, more of that life experience instead of like college educated um, leadership this and that mm-hmm. so for me i did that i i mean i did uh eight nine years as a uh oh actually 10 years as an enlisted um learning just the army how how to be a good leader how to how to serve okay. right and then you go to warrant officer um it's called walks. It's warrant officer candidate school. So it's just another, the army loves like structured learning. Yeah. They, uh, they have a way to get you to what they say is an officer. Right. Mm-hmm. So we do a uh, warrant officer career, uh, or warrant officer candidate school. And then you go through, um, some other things. It's called Wobic, which is like the candidate school. And then you add a little bit more, you're going to be a better leader, but it's kind of, it's funneled towards aviation because I'm going to be an aviator. Yep. So we have, we even have uh, UAS mechanics that are in ours. So it's not, Hey, you're leaving here and you're going to go fly. You're just going to be in the aviation realm of the military. 
Um, from there, you go to something, uh, it's called SEER, um, Survive, Evade, Resist, and Escape uh, is the acronym. It's a uh, survival school. Mm-hmm. All, all uh, rated aviators have to go through it just for uh, the comfort of the military if anything were to ever happen. And then you start school. So then for us, uh, Common Core is we fly only the UH-72 Lakotas now. Um, you do your uh, primary one and two. So like primary one is like, here's a helicopter. Go ahead. So you get a handful of hours. And then primary two, you add on to it a little bit more, a couple more maneuvers like emergencies. And then we went to um, basic instruments, which was, all sims it was sims for a month okay. and you get really good at doing instruments and then you go to advanced instruments which is uh you're doing upper levels like this helicopter you can program it in and it it'll do what it needs to do you you're just there as like a hey a guiding hand if something were to go wrong and then uh from there we go to um basic war fighting skills okay. and then mvgs or how we finish. So in five months you go from someone could have experience, like they could come in with a private pilots or anything like mm-hmm. that. And they will, they may be better off or they may be worse off. There's army flying and then there's regular aviation flying. The army tells us how to do everything. They, they have a manual that tells us how to dress, how to clean our face. How Yeah. Basically we learn everything. It, it's very structured. Yeah. So if you come in, even from your standpoint, right, your your school may be top notch. Like they push out aviators, mm-hmm. perfect form every time. And then you come in the army, the army is like, well, we like it just just a little different. Yeah. And it's like, just they like to have their handhold. So, and then um, for me, <clears throat> since I'm in the guard, I already knew I was getting Chinooks mm-hmm. uh, or CH 47s in the end. My buddies who are active duty, you compete against everyone else. It's uh, the army puts out, Hey, this is how many spots we have to fly. So we have C-12s, um, Chinooks, Blackhawks, uh, and Apaches are, are what are given out and they compete every day. Okay. I had buddies who were like stressing because <laughs> they wanted to be number one. Yeah. One of my, one of my good friends got number one and he chose to do C-12. So, there's very few. There was uh, two C12 spots for. Uh, there's 50 some of us in our class, sure. so that's how small of a niche the fixed wing community is in the army. Yeah. So, but yeah, they compete all day. Luckily, that helped with my stress level, knowing that I was getting what I wanted mm-hmm. already. So, uh, that definitely helped me uh, ease off a little bit. Yeah, it definitely. Looks like there's a like a lot of steps that you got to go through. And like, how long would you say it took like you or how long does it typically take for you to be coming in and then end up as a pilot? Uh, so the pipeline that they try and tell us is like, once you get down here to Fort Novacell in Alabama mm-hmm. is they just say, they say two years, but it does not happen like that okay. a lot. Um, so, but you gotta, for us, we have to board. Um, so active duty, they drop a packet um, with like recommendation letters everything that shows them in a file like here's me i want to be a pilot and here's the paperwork to back it up that i am what i i say i am Uh, me for the national guard uh since i'm already i was already in the unit that i'm going back to Mm -hmm. 
they uh it's more of a it's still an interview you still drop a packet everything like that but they do in-person interviews as well because for us their big saying is we want um we want you to be the right fit and we want to be the right fit for you so it's more of a it's not just like hey sit here in front of me and tell me why you should be this yeah it's like hey dude also tell me that but also let me tell you what we expect of you mm-hmm. so they uh we do a board interview i i boarded um january of 22 yep january 22 i got picked up the next day um they called me and said hey we're we're gonna take you and there were some processes in there you got to get your medical um everything like that so that you can be an aviator okay. um because you have to it's it's not it's like a class one but the army's version of a class one is they do all of it to make sure that you're not a, a liability in the end because you're going to be flying yep. some pretty expensive expensive equipment yeah and then i went to uh i went to that candidate school in july i could have went just a little earlier but we had we just had a newborn so January picked up July. I went and then I was back for start of flight school, October of 22. Um, and then I'm still here. I start Chinooks next year or next month. So that's 12 months there. Um, I should be out of here in 18 and 19 months. Okay. Like I said, they just tell you when you come down here, they say they plan to plan two years because there's bubbles in there. Yeah. I mean, we have to have instructors. We have to have mm-hmm. aircraft running and like, everything you guys have to do it it's it's they just say take two years and set it for flight school okay yeah that's reasonable and then um so let's talk a little bit about funding so it sounds uh like the best way to do it if you're kind of the money is the is like a hardship for you getting into aviation i feel like uh if you went to the army like you mentioned they uh you get that scholarship and they pay for most of your uh everything basically yep yeah so uh, I can't speak exactly how much they pay for like like you guys have labs and stuff like that. That that's a different payment. They're gonna pay the Ohio National Guard, which I am in, is they they promote this a hundred percent school scholarship. And it it's just like basic. They say, Hey, we'll cover whatever a public state school costs. So like whatever the average is, they'll cover that. I'm sure I have some friends that that took the route of uh going aviation and they uh they still owe they owe some money uh, okay so I don't, I don't know the breakdown they're not going to pay everything but they're going to take the tuition side of it and housing and we get gi bill things like that and then depending okay. if you deploy that gets a little bumped up um yeah yeah so that for me it was that that scholarship that was enticing but at that point, I had already moved on kind of from the uh, going to Kent for the aviation degree. So I was looking at, they were going to pay my tuition. Um, yeah, I, I can't speak to the pilot lab fees or all that stuff. I don't, I don't know exactly because I, I, I've never done it myself, but it's going to cover an, a little bit, maybe even a little bit more than you, you would think. So it, that takes a little bit of burden off of you yourself okay and then um so have you started flying any uh chinooks right now or any helicopters right now nope so i i flew the lakota i have okay. uh probably close to 100 hours uh in the lakota and then just a little bit more if you throw in the sim time but 
I don't count count all that, but um, yeah, I've just over about a hundred hours of that, and then I'll come out of here. They usually say um, in the Schnook course because it's now your advanced airframe. You learned everything um, that you needed to about a helicopter in the Lakota, so that's where they spend the majority of our time, and then we go to our advanced airframe, and they're just <clears throat> now this is a Chinook instead of a Lakota. Okay. It ha it looks different. It flies different. Yeah. But it's a, a helicopter's a helicopter's is their uh, speaking. And I I have no complaints. Like there's people who come in, never flew, never even had a desire, and they did the same thing I did. Okay. So as long as you like set your mind to it and you're like receptive of the learning. I think everyone, yeah, the army, somehow you can take anyone from anywhere. Uh, obviously you need a little bit of a inept ability to like be receptive in the learning and the flying. Yes. You need some hand coordination, all that stuff, but they take people from all walks of life and they're like, Hey, you can do it. It's all right. You'll be good. Okay. And then, um, so speaking as a fixed wing pilot, I know a helicopter is going to be a different beast. And, um, so have you had any scary experiences with that? Um, as long as you've been flying? Um, not down here again, it's like a, it's a military school. So it's very well, like the, the people instructing us are like either prior military aviators. Okay. We have even some CFIs that have to have so many hours to even get hired here. Yeah. Like, and they're watched over. Someone is their boss, and then there's another boss watching their boss. So they always tell us, like, if you have anything that makes you feel uncomfortable, you let us know, and it'll be handled, like, today. Yep. So, no. I can't say that I had anything while I've been flying that is, like, scared me. I mean, maybe my first auto rotation in the helicopter doing it myself <laughs> where, where i mean the the ip our yeah. cfis are called ips instructor pilots mm -hmm. he's there and he, his hands are near the controls because he probably doesn't fully trust me either yeah i mean he, we, we just met met a couple weeks ago but yeah um auto rotation yeah it, uh, it feels a little different when you're on the controls yeah so i yeah i heard those can be a little bit scary just because you're kind of like basically falling out of the sky and um yeah. so how how does that work actually with the uh, auto rotation? Yeah, uh so I can only speak again for the Lakota, but okay. we don't do we don't do full to the surface because it's okay. a liability uh -huh. because you, you come in pretty quick. So we're we're doing like a traffic pattern altitude of like a thousand feet and you hey you say call, hey, I'm entering my auto rotation mm -hmm. and our thrust control, we just we dump it. We want like torque to go from high to below 5%. So okay. yes, the engines are still on and they're, they're going to catch us at the end, but yeah, we're going from a thousand feet. And the next thing we do is we, well, in, in your world, they call it flaring, but yep. in our world, we, we just nose up. You, you'll get different IPs. Some IPs are like, yeah, flare. And other people are like, we don't say that. We're not, we're not flaring. <laughs> but yeah, you go from a thousand and your next thing you do to slow yourself is at 150 flare. So the, the ground comes quick from a thousand feet to 150 feet. And then after you flare to like slow yourself down, you catch yourself at about 15 feet and that's it. So wow. like, but you got to watch the tail yeah. because 
depending on how much you flare to slow yourself down, if you don't pull your tail back up, it can probably tap. But I, again, I didn't have any scary uh, scenarios. I mean, we do that. I, I would say maybe I had a moment uh, early on, we do like emergency um, run on landings where a Lakota has skids, no wheels. Okay. So you come in and you're, we're on a runway usually because it's flat and it'll help us skid to slow down. But you just, uh, yeah, you, you come down real shallow and you, you set down about five feet above the ground while you're in ground effect, let it settle a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then you put it down and you're just skiing essentially across while you're holding it center line. Yeah. Well, my, uh, we're still pretty early on in my stick buddy. He, um, we started drifting towards the grass and then we kept drifting more in my IP. He's like, Hey, center line. <laughs> we just kept drifting. He's like center line. And then, uh, we have mass moments on the Lakota. Like you could snap the mast if you over, over correct. Well, our skid, our skid about, I think it might've touched the edge of the grass. So he, as a normal person, like instincts recovered real hard. Yeah. We, we, we mass momented, um, at that moment. So we had to sit down and shut down and we got a uh, ride back in another helicopter. Everything was fine. Like no harm, no foul, but yeah. the, if the helicopter's going too fast and we're going towards grass, that's not, not ideal. So I'd say that's probably my, I, it wasn't scary. I felt like fine, but in the moment you could see like shock on my stick buddy's face. He's like, what, <laughs> what just happened? Like, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm, I'm learning a lot about helicopters here, man. Like, uh, I know nothing about helicopters. You mentioned a couple yeah. of these, and probably gonna have to look them up after <laughs> we end this call. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, it sounds very interesting. It's a diff- whole different world. Oh yeah, and I think that's what's cool about it is I I'm gonna I am going to do my fixed swing after this flight school because um, once you join the military, also you get um, you can get a restricted ATP at 750 hours. Okay, so that is a a big cut oh, yeah. of the hour requirement. Um, even for you guys coming out with four year degrees, yeah. it just slices it. I don't know all the interest. I just know that 750 is my number. That's what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing is in the end is say I make it to the airlines and I get to fly with someone who knows nothing about helicopters and it's just a conversation piece. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I also fly Chinook, <laughs> which is, uh, I think it's, cool to see both sides of the uh picture because a lot of people are just pure fixed wing and a lot of people are pure helicopter yep they don't mix well they're mixing a lot more now um now that uh the military and the airlines are hurting a little bit so they're like hey we need give us some of your pilots (laughs) yeah yeah if you if you're a pilot let's go yeah (laughs) they uh i i just uh and in the end i think it would be cool to uh be a cfi Mm -hmm. and and be able to do both like uh go fly a helicopter student one day and then the next day i'm flying a guy in a cessna or something like that yeah i think it's cool to i i love again i said i don't love school i I love learning (laughs) yeah if i can like have a bunch of certificates and learning and just like that's my way of showing what i did in my life like that's that's ideal for me yeah definitely all right and then also if you were to go back and redo your whole journey up to where you are right now, what would you do differently? And what would you do the same? Um, so I'd say, I'd say it's the same answer. I would do it earlier mm-hmm. because I mean, I'm, I, I'm just turned, uh, what, 30, 
31? 31, I think, yeah. Um, I just turned 31. So, I mean, I'm not at the Army's age out time, but like I'm, I'm close. Mm-hmm. I would do it a lot earlier because I have friends who did it earlier. And then we have um, kids here who are street to seat. Like one of the dude worked on his family farm and I met him at candidate school. Okay. I'm like, I like to ask the guys, especially the 18 year olds, like street to seat. just like, yep. I like to ask them like, Hey, what'd you do before this? And one guy's like, yeah, I worked at uh, Wendy's. And then the other guy's like, yeah, I worked at my family farm. I'm like, this is insane. Like <laughs> in, in, less than a year you will be doing the same exact thing that i'm doing yeah and that's what i mean by the army can they can take anyone now those kids i call them because they're a lot younger than i am um they're doing it right 100 percent. they're they can retire in 20 years active duty and they'll be 38 years old and go do a whole nother career yeah um but that's not to say that they're any lower than any of us they they scored way higher than me on probably everything there there's the ASVAP is the military's like uh aptitude test of what you'd be good at essentially that's how you pick your job mm-hmm. and and I would ask him like hey what's your uh like general technical score and they'd be like oh yeah it's a 130 I'm like oh <laughs> because you need um for that score in particular you need a 110 to be a pilot okay. so if you got a 110 I, my best friend could have got a 110. I could have got a 111, like stacked. Yeah. But these kids, they, yeah, they got 130s and higher. Like for you to get a straight to seat spot, they they did something right. Yeah. But then the second part of that question, um, I would do it earlier, but also I think I did it at the right time. Um, when I was younger, I was like, hey, I just want to have fun and do this and do that. Now that I'm older, I got a family. I got kids that look up to me. Now I am a lot better, like sitting in a chair and taking the information and knowing I need to succeed. So, yes, I'd do it earlier, but I'm at the right point in life, I think, for myself to do it now. So, I would do it earlier, but I may not do it. <laughs> yeah, it works out but, in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here now. So. <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah. All right. And then, um, so have you had any failures so far, uh, with your flying clerk career? I have not. Um, yeah, they, the army needs pilots just like everyone else needs pilots. I'm okay. not saying I'm a, a bad pilot or nor am I a completely checked off pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, I got some pretty good grades and I strived for that. Um, again, like I said, everyone was competing. The active duty personnel were competing every day. So they'd get their grade and then they come out in the hallway and be like, what'd you get? What'd you get? What'd you get? Yeah. Like sizing themselves up. So they knew where they were. Yep. Um, me, I didn't have to do that because I knew, again, I knew I was getting Chinooks no matter. Chinooks usually go pretty high, mm-hmm. but so for me, I wanted to do good enough that even if I was active duty, I would have got my choice yeah. for aircraft. Yeah. I was not number, I was not number one. Um, I, one of my, good buddies was number one in the class but i I was in the top 10 of the class um and that was just personal for me to to still not them to look at me and be like well you're national guard you already know what you're getting you don't you don't matter for me personally i just wanted to do good so i think that helped me drive to not um fail but again the the instructor pilots here and all the academic people they go through like a lot to even teach us. Yeah. Um, 
So they do pretty good. Even if it's not my learning style, Quizlet is my, my best friend. I love Quizlet and it, uh, it'll get you through <laughs> yeah. a lot of stuff. So, I think Quizlet's it's for it everything. Me, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It got me through a uh, common core for sure. Definitely. The army. Yeah. yeah. All right. And then, um, so we kind of talked about a little bit where your end goal is going to be like, you want to fly fixed wing and, um, so what do you see yourself in the future, um, with, with you being a pilot? Yeah, I want to fly for the airlines. I, I believe I do. There's so many different options now. It's like, it's so much. Yeah, so many. Um, yeah, next month, um, I'm going down to Fort Worth. There's a, it's a Facebook group it started as. It's called RTEG. Um, it used to be Rotary to Airline Group, and they were trying to get Rotary guys to the airlines. Now mm-hmm. it's RTEG, and it's just called a Veteran to Aviation Charity. And they do a, a huge convention every year. Um, I'm going to go down there and network. Uh, I have, yeah, like I said, a hundred hours, maybe so right. no, no one, none of the big guys are like, yeah, no, he's the, he's the one we want. Um, <laughs> but there may be someone else who's like, Hey, we can get you to where your end goal is. Um, it, it really depends. Uh, it's quality of life more for me, I think now. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it'd be great to make some good money and, and get my family, um, a generation ahead, right. For wealth. Um, yep. But with the, uh, even the little guys are throwing some, some pretty well earned money out there. Yeah. So, yeah. I want to, I want to fly fixed swing. Um, I want to fly jets. I, I don't know exactly where it's going to be, yep. but I mean, there's a lot of opportunities and then same with rotary. If a medevac company was like, Hey, you're, you can come fly for us. Yeah. That would be awesome. Like, I know some people that do that because the mission set is like that. That's what makes them happy is the uh, helping people or anything like that. Plus landing a helicopter on a busy highway to come uh, assist someone in a situation that they might need a little bit of help in. Uh, yep. I think that'd be pretty cool. I, yeah. I do want to fly fixed wing. Um, I don't know exactly where yet, nor do I know anything past flight school yet. I'm just uh <laughs> get through this step and then I'll do that. I, I started fixing training before I came down here. Okay. I only got like five and a half hours. And I like my, um, my CFI was getting picked up for some jet time somewhere else. So he wasn't, uh, at my disposal as much as I'd like. So I kind of, we both kind of faded away from it. Okay. And, uh, I decided, Hey, I'm going to pause on that so I can focus on this next step. Like, I'm. I'm big on uh, just, I got to do what's right, right here in front of me. I succeeded yeah. that. Then we'll go to the next thing. So, because I mean, if you get pulled too many ways, it just may not end well. Just me personally, someone may be super good at doing more than one thing. I, I can multitask, but this is my task right now is uh, keep my family happy and, and finishing flight school. So Yeah, definitely. I think that's a great goal there you got. Um, and then, um, so like staying motivated, I know in the military, that's kind of number one thing. So that kind of helps you staying motivated. So, um, so how do you stay motivated, um, with your flight training and stuff? Uh, thinking about other people, I've met some other pilots in the army. Um, and just thinking like, Hey, they're doing it. I can do it. But, uh, it's about your friends. You, uh, one of my favorite things, like when people are like, what's, what's the army like? I'm like, it's a, it's a bunch of friends, best friends that you would never 
have met if you were not in the army. I wouldn't walk down the street and be like, that guy, he, he's my best friend. Like I probably would have been, <laughs> I probably would have like been like, oh, Hey man, what's up? Like now they're best friends. They're going through it too. And, uh, mm-hmm. I'm all about positivity. Like no matter, there's some days in flight school where I'm like, Oh, when does it get better? Like I was texting my, my buddies back in my unit who've already been through it. I'm like, is, was there a moment where it just clicked? Cause it's not clicking. And if you can, <laughs> if you can help me find that moment, uh, that'll, that'll be gracious of you. Um, yeah. And, and one of my buddies, he's, uh, uh, he's older in his career now. He's almost done actually. And he goes, well, you let me know when it clicks for you. Cause it still hasn't clicked for me. And I've been back from flight school for six, seven years. I'm like, okay, cool. cool. <laughs> but, um, one of my buddies, we have a group chat. Uh, the army is big on group chats and they, uh, he says every time someone's like feeling bad about themselves or feeling down about something, he goes, you know what? He goes, at the end of the day, we're still doing the coolest thing that the army has to offer. We get to be pilots for the army. We get to fly multi-million dollar helicopters or airplanes. Like he's like, there's there's a lot worse places we could have been, and and we're doing just fine. So it, I think it's all about friends and camaraderie. And for me, it's my family. Um, when I come home and they're excited to see me, it's like, all right, let's forget about we're in flight school now. Let's let's roll around on the ground and play for a little bit, and then. <laughs> then later when they're in bed we can get back into the quizlet and keep going so definitely man yeah exactly all right then um so let's just there's someone out there wanting to get into aviation through the military route um so what advice do you have for them or any tips that you have for them i think start early uh a thing in and a couple people have talked about it on your show uh the civil air patrol i had no clue not a clue that was a thing i started uh I worked full time back home as a mechanic for the military and the uh, civil air patrol had a, like a base or whatever they call at our armory. Mm-hmm. I had no clue. I'm like, who are these kids wearing like uh, old military uniforms? I'm like, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know what this is. And then the one day they came in, they're like, Hey, can we do a, a tour? And I was one of the tour guides and they, uh, yeah, I was like, well, like, what are you guys doing there? Like, oh yeah. I just finished my private pilot's license. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, I, I've been on the phone for weeks trying to find a flight school that is the right fit for me. And these guys are out here like doing all this stuff. And yeah, I, Civil Air Patrol, number one, because you can start, I think that at like 12 or 13 years old. I have a buddy oh, yeah. whose kid is uh, just turned nine and he's already like, I know where I'm going. I'm going to Civil Air Patrol. I'm like, that's right, dude. And I, I asked my nieces, I'm like, do you have any desire in flying like at all? And both of them were like, no, I'm like, okay, awesome. <laughs> cool. Um, if you did, I have this really cool opportunity that I could uh, show you, but yeah, the civil air patrol for sure. Um, yeah. and that, that can open you up to a lot of stuff, but start young. Uh, I hope to, um, that's why a reason I want to get my CFI is like, I love the kids like family. So if I can get them like the bug of flying early mm-hmm. and then be like, all right, now I just need to find a way, like how to get there. So yeah, I'm trying to fi- figure out the ins and outs for myself now, and then I'm all I will pass it down to. Um, anyone ever wants to contact me, like I love to talk, so I will talk to anyone about. So if if it's something that I love, I'll talk. I'll talk all day. But yeah, it's 
start young. Start young in Civil Air Patrol. That it it astonishes. I had no clue. Not a clue. Yeah, definitely. Civil Air Patrol is a really big thing. I got actually was part of Civil Air Patrol, and I got um, part of my uh, private paid for uh, with their Wings program, which um, they actually pay for your whole um, private pilot from zero to all the way your license and like zero dollars <laughs> but yeah. i i had already experience where i was already i was ready to take my check right and i kind of stumbled upon it and they only yeah. paid for my a little bit of flying and the check ride as well so which was also yeah. a big help too i mean <laughs> yeah dollar, and, uh, dollar. yeah it doesn't matter where it comes <laughs> from yeah exactly man in aviation it can be super expensive and you want to take anything that comes your way yeah for sure yeah, definitely. All right. And then, um, so we're going to end this with a would you rather game. So I'll give you a couple options and you pick one from that. Okay. All right. So the first one is, um, would you rather fly general aviation or commercial? Uh, I think general aviation. Uh, for me, yeah, money wise, yeah, commercial, 100%. But yeah. General aviation because, uh, you're, you're doing the flying, you're doing the early on learning, stuff like that, and you're meeting new people. Uh, in a commercial like jet unless you see the pilot standing at the doorway Mm -hmm. you're not getting the like learn about anyone that's on your flight really yeah on a general aviation flight again i love talking i will talk about anything and if it calms someone down if say i become a cfi one day my ip was really good at it if if he thought you were like stressing about something in the moment or like over controlling aircraft Uh He'd be like, so, like, what do you like to do? Like, what are your hobbies? And I'd be like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm trying to <laughs> hover right now. I don't even know how to hover. And he's like, just keep talking. Keep talking to me. And it clicked. It did. So, yeah. Uh, I'm all, I love people. I love networking. So it would be general aviation so I can talk. I love talking to people. I would, if I could get out, like, fly the commercial jet, yeah, but, like, take a bathroom break and, like, walk through and be like, hey, who wants to talk? Let's talk. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, definitely. All right. And then would you rather fly over beaches or mountains? Beaches, 100%. Yeah. The views are awesome. I love the water. Okay. And then uh, speaking of fixed wing, um, so would you rather fly high wing or low wing? I can't. So for this, I've only flown in a Cessna. Okay. I can't. Um, my buddy's flown in Pipers, stuff like that. And I think they're both awesome. One of the flight schools I'm looking at, they have diamonds. Okay. So. They're low. Yeah. But in a uh, in a helicopter, you only have a high wing, <laughs> per se. So I'd say high wing. Okay. So for the view, yeah. I'm all, all about the view. All right. Yeah. All right. And then would you rather fly Airbus or Boeing? Oh, Boeing. Uh, Chinooks are made by Boeing. Um, <laughs> Boeing it's, if it's not Boeing, I'm not going. That's <laughs> all right. All right. Then would you rather fly IFR or VFR? VFR. I'm, uh, again, all about the views. Yep. And for us, I mean, we get to do a little bit of different flying in a helicopter. I've done some cool stuff at some cool places. Uh, Hats is one of them. It's a high altitude, uh, high altitude Army aviation training set or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are up in uh, Eagle County, Colorado, okay. flying and la- landing on mountains. Wow. So if I'm in a helicopter, I would fly in the mountains. Yeah. If I'm in a, uh, a plane the beach but yeah they uh we can fly low we can fly fast yeah. we can if you gotta land you gotta land so yeah yeah vfr i ifr no. i mean i don't mind it i i like the uh 
with IFR training, you know what you're getting at the end of mm-hmm. it. Like he's going to say, go from this airport to this airport. You're going to do this approach. And that's the VOR. Boom. Go. Yep. Okay. Cool. <laughs> but I like the structure of that, but VFR is, yeah. It, I like, uh, we're flying and then my, my IP is like, Hey, I think I see, uh, some deer over there. Let's go. So we just go over there. So yeah, VFR all day. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's going to be a little bit and, um, really appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing your information with us. And, uh, uh, if you okay, we can leave some of your information in the, uh, the end of the podcast and we can hopefully someone can reach out to you. For sure. Yeah. I appreciate you having me and uh, I appreciate the talk. I, lo- I love talking. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It was, it was great having you on, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and found it beneficial. I'll leave Charles' information down in the box down below if you want to contact, get in contact with him and if you have any questions for him. Don't forget to leave a review on the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at First Gen Pilot. Until next time, keep the blue side up. We'll see you.